Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. Weed, this story is about the fine print not living up to the big headline. Residents of Southern California now have a new tool to be ready for the next big earthquake. It's an app you can put on your phone that will alert you when a quake is on the way. It uses hundreds of sensors installed along the faults across three states and the west coast. They detect shaking, then a computer determines where the quake is going and alerts residents in that area. Now because seismic waves travel at the speed of sound and the network works at the speed of light, residents could get tens of seconds of warning before the earthquake arrives. But in the instructions on how the app works, it tells users, and I quote, you may receive the alert before, during, or after the shaking. (laughs) Well, it's not much good then now, is it? No, no. (laughs) Sounds like a good song title, though. Before, during, or after the shaking? The shaking, shaking yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Cliff, seeing how it's Friday, let's just start this day off with a thought of the day. Okay. Give a man a fish, yeah. and you feed him for a day. True. Give a monkey a beer and some fireworks, and you've got yourself a party right there, I'm telling you. <laughs> Is that not true? I never really thought of it, but it seems true on the outside, yes. I mean, you picture a monkey with a beer and some fireworks. and <laughs> It's a party going it, on. It, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. We normally don't mention these folks here on the Morning Road Show. Who's that? Well, when I say the name, you're going to go, ooh. Okay. But I thought that it was kind of important today to bring this up. Uh, who are you talking I'm talking about? about Kim Kardashian. Oh, good Lord. And her husband, Kanye West. Oh, jeez. Perhaps you've heard they're expecting their... Uh, fourth child via surrogate and just to be i didn't know that oh yes okay just to be clear yeah via surrogate is the birth method and not the name of their youngster they're going to (laughs) have with these folks you never know what names are going to come up with that's true so it via surrogate is not the name although that would be kind of a name an interesting name it would stick out there yeah yes via surrogate west (laughs) <laughs> and that's why we don't mention them very often on this yeah, program, Cliff, yeah, yeah, right you're, there. You're, you're right. Yes. Can we not mention them again now, please? Yes, we'll put them back in the okay. tank. We, yesterday we had a story about the unintended effects of the current federal government shutdown. You might remember it well, seeing as how it came from your good friends at the Morning Roadshow Department of Just in Time for Breakfast. It told the tale of the outhouses in public camping and picnic areas of Yosemite National Park and how they're full and with no employees getting paid to clean them. But the gates to the park still being open, visitors have taken to just pooping along the side of the road in the National Park. Now, the effect of the federal government shutdown could very well be this one even way more crappy than that. Right now... The Internal Revenue Service is operating with about 12.5% of its workforce. And when you get around to filing your taxes in a few weeks, it's going to be the first filing under a brand new set of tax laws passed in 2017. So that means there's going to be lots of questions on how to prepare those forms properly. But with the federal government shutdown, no one there to answer the helpline. And it gets worse from there. Because 
If you can, in fact, file your forms and turn them into the feds, there's also going to be no one working at the IRS to print off your tax refund. <laughs> it's an unintended consequence, oh, isn't it? Oh, it certainly is, Wow. Yes. Cliff? Yes? Going back to the uh, just-in-time-for-breakfast story. You mean the one from yesterday? Yes. You're still talking about it. Well, I'm just thinking about it because yeah. you brought it up again. Okay. I'm wondering if the uh, bears yeah. at the park are a little <laughs> bit... Uh, well, upset at this time. Because, you know, they're usually the only ones to poop in the woods. Yes. That's, <laughs> they see you and they're like, hey, that's hey, our job. That's my territory right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is a union thing or something. Yes. Probably, yeah. Yes. I, I understand. Boy, I missed that days, Cliff. I missed him so about? bad. What do you mean? Well, during your 7 o'clock newscast, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw me, but I had to bend over and tie my shoes. For some reason, they got a little loose on me this morning. I, d- I did not notice that. Yes. Well, I did, mm-hmm. and I missed the days when I could bend over and tie my shoes and still be able to breathe <laughs> while I'm doing it. Now, is that just me, or do you have that same problem, no, Cliff, I, if you're I, sitting down? I think there are many people who have that problem. <laughs> Can you do it? Uh, just barely. I couldn't do it. I, I almost passed out. I just barely breathe, and it, lo- it depends upon where I sit. Does that make sense? I mean, I can sit in some places and... Just can't inhale at all. <laughs> you know, I had we had the grandsons last night, and we had this. Um, you know what a slot car track is? Yes. And we got a little slot car track, and they wanted to. We were going to put it together and play with it, and they wanted to do it in the floor, and I'm like, no, we're going to do it at the dining room table because I can't sit in the floor. <laughs> I can sit. In the floor. You can't get up from the floor. No, I have no problem oh. with that. I just can't bend over in the floor. No. It's kind of like tying my shoes. I can't breathe. What has happened, Cliff? What has uh, happened? We're old. That's it. Today, Cliff, yeah. is a day that I, well, a little trepidation. Trepidation. In my life on January the 4th. Today is um, yeah. Today is National Hypnotism Day. Really? Yes. I had no idea. Yes, it is. Well, okay. that's, it's one of those dates that has stayed with me most of my life, Cliff, because okay. years ago, yeah. I had a girlfriend who mm-hmm. was a hypnotist. You dated a hypnotist? Yes, briefly. <laughs> Seems to be the usual cause there, but yeah. yes, briefly. Yeah. And early in our relationship, yes. she convinced me yeah. that she was the most beautiful, delightful, mm-hmm. amazing, charming, and wonderful person who could also make me cluck like a chicken. <laughs> And she could do it, too. <laughs> Is that hypnotic suggestion still in effect? Can you still cluck like a chicken? Only if I hear her voice, oh, okay. I will I do it. All right. <laughs> you ever visited Florida? All the time. Many times. Never been there. You've never been to Florida? Nope. Too far away. You can be there in like 10 hours. I've got a six-hour limit on my... A six-hour limit. That's as far as I can get away from... So you've never like actually been to the ocean then? Yes, I saw it in uh, Georgia. In Georgia? Yes. Well, that was a long way from home then, wasn't it? Well, I was in a semi, as a matter of fact. In a semi? Yes, (laughs) yes. So you didn't have to drive. Remember when Emge's was in business in Fort Branch? Yeah. One of the truck drivers took me to Georgia. To Georgia? Yes. I had a broken arm at the time. (laughs) I had broken it... Playing basketball. Yeah. And I went down there with a broken arm. Yeah. And then 
And I can say it because he's no longer with us. Mm-hmm. And then he made me help him unload the semi with a broken, with a broken arm. arm. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was shoving the frozen foods out the back of that truck. <laughs> it's like he's shoving the frozen hams. I, I, I totally right. <laughs> I thought I was just here for just a, like a ride-along trip. No, no, he needed help. Pretty well, yes. <laughs> We, this story is something we may have discussed before, but considering the, south, the serious health risks involved and the fact that it happens in tourism-rich central Florida, it's worth repeating, warning residents that uh, this is possible if you go there. Some 70-odd years ago, a group of Asian rhesus monkeys were released on an island in the Silver River. The dude who did it thought they'd be fun for the tourists to see when he drove them by on his charter boat. He didn't realize the monkeys were swimmers, and they quickly left the island and went somewhere else. Now there's nearly a thousand of these feral monkeys covering a wide area of central Florida, and they're breeding like wildfire. Now scientists say nearly all of them have some form of monkey herpes virus. Doesn't seem to bother them so much, but the disease is fatal to humans. If you're curious, the monkeys aren't shy around people, and that means a bite or scratch from one of the monkeys could be the thing that gives you the incurable disease, and you can also get it if you get, uh, well, struck with their flying poo. So if they throw their poo at you, you should duck. You know, the lesson here, Cliff, is if you're the captain of a tourism boat, you probably don't need to be um, introducing animals. (laughs) Into the environment. You might want to leave that to people that right. um, kind of study that right. stuff. Right. Yeah, see, we know that now in the 1930s. Not so much. <laughs> leave it to the professionals, That's though. Right. Exactly. Kind of like a plumber. Leave it to them. Leave it to the plumbers. <laughs> Did that catch your ear, too, Cliff, on What's the Graber that? auction commercial? Um, I'm afraid not. It I was working mine. on some stuff over here on my co- computer. I didn't. They mentioned that uh, yeah. they have a fire truck up for wait, auction. Wait, 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 wait. Would that not be cool? <laughs> They're going to auction off a fire truck? Yes. I want in. I do too. <laughs> would that not be cool to have a I fire would, truck? That would be awesome. That would we, be awesome. We could get that thing. Yeah. Drive around the uh, Princeton fire territory. Yeah. Just circle them. Kind of. Well, I mean, there's a roundabout there, yeah. so you're already kind of going by them yeah. in a circle. So. Just just keep going around and around, kind of rubbing it in that we've got one, and they've. <laughs> yeah, you're not the only game in town now. Yeah, we got a fire truck too. It's Weed and Cliffs Fire Patrol. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then I love it. on the roundabout yeah. there, if you're familiar with it here yeah. in Princeton, yeah. we could hose them as we went around That's every right. once in a while just to check out our equipment. Just... <laughs> you know, you gotta make sure your equipment's working. Absolutely. You know, maybe we would get some of those little suits to wear. And... Wait, that means we'd actually get off the truck and fight a fire. Oh, yeah. We won't get a suit. We'll just have the fire truck. <laughs> and we'll right. show up at different at different fires yeah, just mean, to be there. Get, and for the donuts. You know, they have donuts? Oh, yeah. Wait, fire, firemen have donuts, too? Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't know that. I thought it was just the police. No, it's like a brotherhood there. Oh, they, they've okay. all got them, yeah. Okay. So I'm down for that. I am, too. Yeah. How much do you think of one of them fire trucks? With uh, it's probably more than we got. <laughs> Oh, well. It was a nice dream, though. Yeah, yeah, never mind. Kind of like to hose them, though, anyway. It would be fun, yeah. Then I saw a cliff in Florida that four guys were charged with stealing yeah. a half a million dollars mm-hmm. worth of tequila. 
Okay. And the man all claimed to each and every man that they had no interest actually in the booze. Really? They were a part and are a part of the WLG. WLG. Yes. And um, what is the WLG? I'm glad you asked. It's the Worm Liberation Group. Oh, it is? Yes. <laughs> oh, because in tequila, there's supposed to be that worm at the bottom of but the But it's dead. You can't really liberate it. It's not really it. liberating a dead worm. Once you right. take the worm out, yeah. it doesn't do anything. Right. It you sounds ever, like a what? You ever ate the worm? Uh, no. Never? <laughs> no. Ever been around the worm to eat? I, I have, have seen, seen a, it. I have seen a worm, yes. Bet you didn't. I did not. It looks disgusting. I've seen that, too, in a bottle. Mm-hmm. And I've had friends that actually, you know, get into a little scuffle about it. Yeah. And they've actually shared. They've shared the worm. They have. And I'm like, I'm not quite... you two are disgusting <laughs> as possible. So how does one share a worm? Well, one of them guy eats half of it and the other guy I mean, takes So how it. does that process work? Well, you got to get into empty the bottle. Clearly, yeah, but at the end of the bottle, there's the worm. You get it out of the bottle. So how do you get it out of the bottle? You just tip it upside down. It slides out the worm. The... Well, do you, like, put it in a cup? No, they just pulled it out with their fingers. They pulled it out with their fingers. They had a bottle of tequila. The sanitary <laughs> conditions weren't really what they were thinking So of. one dude's holding the worm in his hand. Yes, and takes a bite. And then, so he takes a bite, and then he passes the other half of the worm to the other dude. Yes. That he's that has a bite out of it. Yes. You have some weird friends. They had drank in a <laughs> bottle of tequila. My friends aren't anything like that. They weren't thinking straight. <laughs> well, they were your friends, so. I've been watching a lot of Axis TV lately. Oh, yeah. I watch that channel every once in a while. And I am pretty well hooked on Dan Rather's The Big the Interview. The Big Interview. This program is absolutely fantastic. Dan Rather, whatever you think. <laughs> Is an excellent well, interviewer. He, he absolutely is. He's fantastic. And considering the fact that uh, he's somewhere in the neighborhood of older than dirt. <laughs> I think he's 86. He's 86. 86. He is quite knowledgeable on the history of music, of all genres. Yes. And, and, a, and a big fan of a lot of country acts, a lot of the, a lot of the classic rock from the 60s, 70s, and that kind of thing. So, yes. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really good show. Yeah. I've been watching him interview all kinds of famous artists and bands, and he always seems to ask them, Cliff, how they create the songs. I've wondered that myself, how these guys and girls can figure out Mm -hmm. the beat and the music and Mm -hmm. all of that and put the words in there. Mm -hmm. And by and large, when he's asked all of these artists that write for themselves, they basically, it's one of those deals where it takes them a long time. They get a little phrase that somebody has said that they've heard somewhere. Sometimes it comes to them in a dream. They come up with that phrase. Right. I know. I mean, I've heard that on more than one interview is that they keep a a pad of paper and a pencil on their bedside table and they'll wake up in the middle of the night. That's right. I got to save that idea for later. Then Rolo going back to sleep. It may be weeks or months before they ever get it done. Yes. But sometimes the words just come out. They can write a song in less than 30 minutes. Okay. And that's taking us to our Take It to the Bank this morning, Cliff. Oh, oh we're going there. Oh, yeah. You see, our Take It to okay. the Bank is about a number one song that was written. <clears throat> yeah. It was written because this very famous country artist asked a bus driver 
who'd been waiting outside in the parking lot for yeah. hours. He was worried about him, checking mm-hmm. on him, mm-hmm. okay. wanted to make sure he was okay. Yeah. And he asked this driver a bunch of questions. Okay. And he used this question and answers okay. deal to write a song. Okay. Record it and play it back for the bus driver in less than an hour. <laughs> Pretty amazing feat right there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's our Take It to the Bank here on the Morning Road Show coming up. It's time now for Take It to the Bank. Oh, it is, huh? Oh, yes. Aren't you missing one important thing before you start this thing? This take, take it to the bank thing. Aren't you missing something over there that you normally do, but now you're not doing it? So I guess take it to the bank really isn't all that important to you. I forgot to record it, didn't I? Yes. Well, here it is. Our take it to the bank. Mm-hmm. Cliff, mm-hmm. Merle, Merle Haggard okay. was just finishing a grueling two-day recording session years ago in Los Angeles in the middle of the summer. Okay. And he went outside to check on his bus driver, yeah. who was his childhood friend, yeah. Dean Holloway, who'd been sitting out in the bus for hours and hours in the sun, <laughs> making sure nobody be- messed with it. Right. And Haggard asked his uh, childhood friend how he was. He was worried about him. Mm-hmm. And Dean replied, I'm tired of this dirty old city. And Merle said, hey. Grabbed a piece of paper, wrote that down. <laughs> if you weren't here in L.A., where would you want to be, Dean? And he said, Montana. Yeah. And he kept asking him questions over and over, and uh-huh. all of his responses Merle would write down on the piece of paper. He went back in the recording session with his band. Yeah. Wrote the song. They recorded it. He brought a tape of it back out to his friend and played it for him on the bus and said, <laughs> here, here's your song. And it became a number one hit. All of that. All of that in yeah. less than one hour's time. In an hour's time? Yes. Okay, so I got a couple of questions. Okay. Did he give his friend a writing credit? Because, you know, getting a writing credit means, on a number one song, means you get rich. <laughs> I don't know that answer, oh, Cliff. Okay. I don't know. And, and did you say this song was recorded in Los Angeles, California? Yes, it was. I didn't think country music existed in Los Angeles, California. Well, Merle, according to the according to the the purist, you can't have country music out there. Well, Merle brought it out there. Okay. Buck Owens had it out there. Well, that wasn't. I mean, that was in the valley. That wasn't in. That's true, but it was out there. And this is it, Cliff. And you can take all of that to the bank, as I'm sure Merle took it to the bank well, when it went yeah, to number one. I hope his buddy bus driver got some of that. Cliff, your fingers have been all over that keyboard yes. over there. What's yes, going on with well, you? Well, I ask a question of the take-it-to-the-bank expert that was not known, and I have now found the answer. All right. Merle Haggard's friend, Dean Halloway, yes. got the co-writing credit and a half a million dollars in royalties. And that's real money that you could take to the bank. That's no kidding. <laughs> half a million dollars. Yeah. You know, speaking of that, Cliff, yeah. uh, we don't play him here. I like his music, Ed Sheeran. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, he wrote that song. He's um, um, very inventive with what he does. Yes. And does like a one-man band thing where he plays a lot of computer stuff. And it's like there's a whole band there, and it's just him. It's oh, yeah, really he cool. sells out yeah. arenas Yeah, in England with just him. Yeah. And he wrote a song called uh, Thinking Out Loud. Okay. And he had a childhood high school friend 
yeah. who had been struggling financially for mm-hmm. a long time. She had some problems, medical yeah. and all that. And so um, he wrote the song and put her on as a co-writer so she would get uh, royalties off of it for the rest of her life, which is pretty cool. So, Ed, if you're anywhere around, <laughs> even though we've never met. Yeah, you'd, you'd like to be a co-writer on a song. <laughs> Why don't you surprise a complete stranger and throw my name on one of those? He could do it. Cliff, yeah. anything said today? Morning Roadshow phrases of the day. Start with number three. Dreaming about getting it. Number two. Weed and Cliff's fire patrol, which would be cool. We yeah. had our own fire truck. But the number one morning roadshow phrase for today, Alexa broke up with you. Well, we didn't have to bring that up again. <laughs> but it happened. She's just not speaking right no, now. She's How's not that? In a, the computer is not interested in you. Join the crowd. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.